What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Namaste. So today I'm going to be talking to my mother. Oh, yes. Jacqueline Eggert herself. A lot of my family that's probably watching right now, because let's be real, the majority of my viewers to start is going to be my family. <laughs> will possibly enjoy this. My mother is quite the individual, extremely entertaining. My mom's just one of those people that everybody loves. Every friend I've ever had has always loved my mom. They always ask me, how's Jackie doing? She's just one of those personalities that people tend to be drawn to, that people really love because she's very happy and uplifting and she's lived quite an interesting life, I think. So I have put together a few questions I'm going to ask her and yeah, I'm excited to hear her response. So let's do it. All right, so I'm hanging out with my mama, drinking some tea. I thought you guys needed to hear that slurp. <laughs> yes, they do need to hear the slurp, mama. All right, so without further ado, here's Jacqueline Eggert. I have some questions, actually, that I prepared to ask her. So um, my first question, if you can remember, it's not a big deal. I know I won't spill it, mother. Mother's always the mother telling me to be careful of my tea. This is shaking in my hand because I'm shaky. <laughs> Leave me alone, mother. All right, so if you can remember, <clears throat> what's a favorite childhood memory of yours? And if you can't remember, I'll tell you one that I remember <laughs> oh, that you've told me in the past. Take it away. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Whoa, that's heavy. Hello? Okay, so a favorite childhood memory. Um, I can't really remember many, but um, I guess a couple would be, I don't know whether this is a, it's a, it's a kind of a fun memory, actually. It's um, uh, growing, when I was little, up until about seven, we never had indoor plumbing, like indoor, <laughs> what, toilet. We didn't. What? No, we had an outdoor toilet. What? Yeah, so we had to go. If we had to go to the bathroom, we had to go outside to go to the bathroom. What? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. And so, and we never had a fridge until I think I was about six or seven. Same, probably the same age as when I moved. Oh, my God. So I remember being so excited about when we moved to this house and we had an actual toilet in the house. And I kept going to the bathroom and flushing it every five minutes. <laughs> To watch the water turning and watching where it went. And the fridge, I kept opening and closing it and putting my hand in to see how cold it was. That's a great memory. So that's the memory. What's the memory you remember of me? Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, the memory that I remember of you that you've told me is that you used to ride your own motorcycle as a kid. Oh, you were a teenager then? Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that you had your own motorcycle. Now, was that like, was that quite common back then? Uh, yeah, it was quite common. Not for girls so much so, but I mean, some girls did ride bikes, but uh, yeah, I loved it because my brothers both had bikes and some of my friends and one of my boyfriends at the time had a bike, a bike, a bike. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. You felt free, man. Free as a bird. Yeah, and actually it wasn't legal at that time to wear helmets so you didn't have to wear a helmet or was it yeah uh, but i always wore a helmet though that's uh, very cautious of you mother yeah. 
love it. That's cool. Yeah, and then, I mean, my mom has traveled a lot as a teenager slash adult. She went to a lot of countries. She did this big trip where she went to Hawaii, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji. Did I miss anything? California. Did you do any other places? Yeah, I think that's it. And how how long was that for? About six months. My God, was that weird? I mean, my mom came to Canada by herself when you when she was eighteen, seventeen, nineteen. So for the only one in her family to leave the nest and not just leave the house, but leave the country and continent and go to a new continent all by herself. And uh, what do you remember? Like what was going through your mind when you decided to do that? Like what what? What what drove you to to do that? So just leave. Excitement. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to travel and see a bit of the world while I was still young. I never planned on staying in Canada. I just planned on coming here for a few years and hanging out and working and then going back and I don't know what, going to another country maybe. But I ended up staying here and uh, eventually getting married, having two beautiful kids and uh yeah so it was it was it was good it was fun but uh yeah well cool okay so next question what's the best advice that someone has ever given you do you do you have is there something that someone has said to you that really resonated with you and you felt really applied to your life that, that you got a lot of benefit from? Um, I'm not, well, um, to always believe in your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that makes sense. Don't say sorry. That, that makes sense. Cause that's something that you've, you know, brought on to me. And that's why I'm a big believer in my intuition and, that's that stands really strong in my life. I'm always following my gut feeling and making decisions based on how everything feels. So, I mean, if that's what you feel is your best, what you feel, <laughs> your best advice, uh, that makes sense because it even resonates in my life. So that sort of trickled on over to me. Cool. Any Anything else that uh, you think that, I don't know, that everybody should know? Well, I don't know if it's advice, but one thing that my mom always used to tell me was that you can't please everybody and, and everybody's not going to like you. And, and uh, yeah, but if, you know, it's not really your problem if that happens. It's, it's whomever is, you know, being the bully. It's their problem. Right. So I don't know whether that makes sense. but <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, that sort of definitely resonates in my life. I'm, it's something my mom is constantly telling me is to stop caring what... Passing it along uh, to stop caring about what everybody thinks because you can't you can't please everyone. Something I always struggle with because I'm a little bit of a people pleaser. <laughs> what can I say? I try I try my best to drop it, but sometimes it's hard to feel people's emotions to feel that they don't like you. I mean, it's definitely hard to be in a room with people that don't like you. It doesn't feel good, right? So <clears throat> I can only imagine how it feels for extremely famous people <laughs> like Heidi and Spencer and how people don't like them. Imagine how that feels to know that so many people in the world don't, you know, don't really like you. And it's just that that must be really hard. They may, oh, you can say that, that they brought them brought that on themselves. Uh, I mean, obviously no one's a victim. We all make our own choices in life, but 
um, you know, sometimes you you make wrong choices like Ari from The Bachelor deciding to propose to Becca and then changing his mind. I mean, sometimes, you know, you try to do the best that you can with the information that you have right now. I believe Chris Harrison said that in another podcast. And it really resonated with me because sometimes you just you have to make the best choice for yourself at that time with what, it, you know, what information you've got and and that's the best you can do. And so, you know, sometimes it leads us in directions where we end up, you know, realizing that that was a mistake and, you know, you learn from it, right? So, but yeah, the the people-pleasing thing, that's uh, that's something that definitely, let it go. That that's, resonates really strong in my life. And that's what I, something I really have always really admired about my mom is that she just sort of unapologetically herself and just doesn't care and just, you know, is silly and wild and, Laughs and snorts. I, I think there was a time I probably did, but you just got to, as you get older, I guess, and wiser, yeah. you've got to just let go of it and not try to, you know, hold on to that. Otherwise, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I feel like in the last at least five years, you've gotten, you know, you've you settled a lot yeah. and that you've just come, become very content. Because I remember, you know, growing up, I would he- like just hear you and having conversations with friends and whatnot. And sometimes you would feel like you have to do things to make your friends happy. But I feel like you don't really care so much anymore. Now you, you know, you do what you can and you, you know, you, you put yourself first. And I think that's a really great, you know, great way to be. Indeed. Indeed, Saya. Okay, so my next question is do you believe in ghosts and do you have any experiences with ghosts? And I'm going to just sort of open up with this because obviously my mom and I both do because we once lived in a haunted house. That's right, folks. It was pretty creepy. My mom and I both had some really crazy experiences with ghosts. And uh, mom, you can maybe explain the story of when you woke up that one night and you saw the light in the kitchen. Yeah, well, I woke up to go to the bathroom. Sorry to share that. Are you always going to the bathroom? Because <laughs> that's where you go in the middle of the night when you wake up, hopefully. <laughs> anyway, so I woke up and, and I saw a light on in the kitchen and I thought, oh, I'll just go and turn the light off. And um, so I, I, go, I walked towards the kitchen and it wasn't a light. It was like, um, I don't know, a silhouette of, 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 uh, of somebody or something. Hello, Bella. The cat just walked in the room. And, um, yeah, it was really, really, really spooky. And I went to the bathroom, and when I came out of the bathroom, the light was gone. And um, I was speaking to my neighbors um, next, that lived next door to us who'd been living in the same house for 40 years the following day, and I was telling them about what, you know, what had happened and stuff. And actually, it wasn't the next day. It was a couple of days later. So she, and then she asked me, what day did this happen? And I, so I told her exactly the day it happened. And she said that was the anniversary of the, the lady who used to live in our house when she passed away. So we think that she came back to have a cup of tea in the kitchen, maybe in the middle of the night or something like that. <laughs> Definitely needed her cup of tea because we had all supplies in our kitchen. Um, yeah, we had a lot of weird things. Like we had these speakers that would speak all the time and <laughs> my brother was not the 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 <laughs> most behaved back then my mom used to say it's the devil <laughs> talking god's coming to get you <laughs> yeah god's coming to get you and uh, of course 
<laughs> so you better be a good boy. That's a good scare tactic for for everyone. Um, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty funny, but scary actually. I remember I'd always it always it worked a little bit. I don't think it worked that well. <laughs> you can't you realize afterwards, you know what what, it, what was happening and stuff. So that it wasn't really me putting the fear in him. It was actually something in the speakers. <laughs> Yeah, there was something weird. Like, sometimes you'd hear like the chi- Chinese, um, or you'd he- like the Chinese. I mean, <laughs> people speaking in Chinese, or you'd hear, yeah, you'd hear very plainly in English. So it must have been that our speakers were like tapping into some kind of phone line of some sort. I don't know, but anyways, uh, we had a lot of really weird things happen in that house. I constantly found uh, that I was scared to be alone there in the basement. We had. Um, Many people would come to our house and we would, you know, bring them into the basement, not to scare them or anything, but just like as... in the basement, I say. Lock them in the basement, she said. Um, No, we would, because I I had like a playroom in the basement. I had, you know, a painting area, like an easel. I had all kinds of, all my old toys in there. So I would constantly go there. So I'd bring other people to my house and, you know, I'd show them the basement and we'd be in there. Little rooms as well that were kind of freaky. Well, the basement wasn't done, so it was just freaky because it, it was partially done, the one area, the one room, and uh, it was just a bit spooky. But anyways, we would bring people in the basement, and then we would, you know, go upstairs, and they would always, we would leave them there, no, and they would, they would come up the stairs, and they would always run up the stairs, and look, without a doubt, everybody that we brought into the basement, they would always say that they felt like someone was chasing them up the stairs. And of course, beforehand, we wouldn't say anything. We would just sort of allow it to happen and see like what they would say. And they would always say that. And that that's how we felt. We would always feel that when we got to the first step, we had to run up the stairs because it felt like someone was chasing us up the stairs. And so if we, I don't believe it's a coincidence that every person, at least five or six people that we brought would say that. And um, it's pretty freaky. And we actually didn't discover that till we moved to it to where we're living now in um, Ajax. And uh, we discovered it then because we started opening up and talking about these stories. And we, you know, we didn't realize how spooky this house was until then. So other things too, where somebody was at the end of the bed looking down at us. And uh, didn't you see that one time with somebody with a top coat? I was out here. Oh, no, that was in England. I've had a lot of really spooky stories throughout my life um, in other places, not just here. But that's that's for another time, Mother. Right now I'm interviewing you <laughs> in my life with you. Now I've become British. Okay, my final question I wanted to ask you is something that I'm going to ask everybody that comes on my podcast in the future. And the question is, have you ever witnessed a miracle in your life? And it can be big or small, you know, doesn't really matter what it is, but if you've have you ever witnessed something in your life that was kind of miraculous or that really just made you, you know, have faith in humanity or life and or made made you really appreciate the life that you have? Is there something that you know that's happened to you that uh, has made you feel that way? Well, um, there might be a few things, but the one that really pops out in my mind right now is we had a dog called Emmy, and uh, she sadly passed away a few years ago. Uh, she was old. But um, one, we woke up one morning, and Emmy couldn't walk, and we never knew why she couldn't walk or what happened or anything. And we took her to the vets and everything, and they wanted to send her to a specialist 
um, in, I think it was Guelph, Ontario. I can't remember if it was, but somewhere. Anyway, it was going to be, uh, they wanted to charge me 25000 and to see why she was paralyzed all of a sudden because, you know, one minute she's walking, the next minute she can't walk at all. And unfortunately, I just didn't have 25000 to, um, you know, in the back pocket to... You didn't have $25,000 just lying around in your house? Uh, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, and it was kind of upsetting, actually, because I remember the doctor at the time who was trying to make me feel guilty and, you know, more or less saying, you know, I should take a loan out and why wouldn't you spend all that money on if your dog is a family member and stuff? And it's like, well, she is a family member, but you just, you know, I just, I just don't have that money. Anyways, sorry to carry on here. Um... So what happened is she was paralyzed, I think, for a couple of months, was it? I can't remember now. Maybe if two months. Yeah. And so what happened was that we used to have to carry her outside to go to the bathroom and just, you know, so we just gave her love that way. And she was able to eat, you know, we could we'd hold the food to her and she was able to eat. And uh, so this carried on for quite some time. Anyway, then one day she just got up and walked again. And uh, there's just no answer for that, how it happened or why it happened. But yeah. That's my miracle story. Well, I think we also, we were like prayed a lot for her to, we were, you know, we were devastated and we were told that, you know, if it went on for more than three months, we had actually decided that we were going to put her down. If, you know, had she not gotten better, we probably would have because it was just, you know, it was, it was like, you know, raising a baby and a, a baby that just never grows up you know, or learns to fend for itself. And, you know, obviously a dog can't speak English. It can't talk. So, you know, she'd be crying all the time. And it's heartbreaking to see an animal suffer, you know. So she was crying. What do, you, do you not remember? Not all the time, not all the time no, because I think she got used to it. But, you know, it was definitely scary and sad. And um, we've just heard other stories of other people's pets that have, ha you know, had this sort of weird illness and um, they had put their dogs down. So anyways, thankfully we didn't because she ended up living at least 10 years after that. I think that was only five years. She was only five years old then. She lived to be 15. So that was definitely a miracle. I was going to say another miracle, but kind of like a weird, a weird thing that happened to you specifically is so we had some cousins come and visit us a few years ago. Um, shout out to Kelly. <laughs> in England, Kelly. And um, during that time, you know, that was actually the time when we ended up putting Emmy down because she was very, she was sick and she was very old and she was having a very hard time. But during that time, I was really devastated because I was very connected to Emmy and I, you know, had a very hard time with it. And Kelly had come to visit with her friend at the time and we, we kept seeing signs of you know, our grandmother being around and everywhere we'd go, we'd, my mom associates feathers with our grandmother and she would just see feathers everywhere. They're just, we'd be, we'd be having a casual conversation in our living room and a feather would fall from the sky and from God knows where, because there's no feathers stuck to our ceiling. It would be really weird. We would experience a lot of really weird coincidences while Kelly was here. And, um, you know, we've, my mom and I've always felt very connected to Granny. Well, you know, she passed away when I was 16, so a while ago now. But, you know, we would walk into rooms and we'd smell, you know, specific scents that came from, from her house. And we, we always joke, oh, Granny's here. But when Kelly was around, we witnessed so many things that 
you know, we kept smelling granny everywhere. We kept seeing the feathers everywhere. We, we, I associate rainbows with her. I, I saw rainbows everywhere. It was just very strange. Oh, and then one time, mom, I don't know if you want to tell this story, but this also happened right when Kelly had left. I was on my way to work and I was walking, I, um, I work in Toronto, Canada. And um, I'm walking up Bay Street, which is one of the main streets to the financial district where I work. And um, just walking up the street, there's loads and loads of people. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this big blob of white, I think, I don't know whether it was feathers or if it was like a bubble cloud, just appeared in front of me from nowhere. And it was just so weird. And it came over these people in front of me and then onto me, but didn't hit me or anything, and then just went up into the sky again. It was so strange. Well, didn't you say everybody else saw and everybody was just standing there watching? Yeah, pe- everybody was looking at it and saying, what the heck? And, you know, what, what is this? And, and then it just went away. <laughs> I think you witnessed an alien invasion, Mother. They took over my body. That explains a lot. <laughs> Well, swell. <laughs> Thank you, Mother. Um, this has been quite the fun time. I learned a couple new things about you today, didn't I? Uh-oh, secrets are coming out. Uh-oh. Do you have any last secrets you want to tell me? Mm, no. I'm not adopted? Under the gooseberry bush, I found you. <laughs> what is that? You say that all the time. Is that a British thing? It's a, it's a gooseberry brush is um, a plant or it's a little thing and it grows little gooseberries on it. And they're like grape shape, grape shape, grape shape, grape shaped, grape shaped. And they're, they're a little furry. So, but we used to have a gooseberry bush in our backyard and yard and garden. <laughs> and my mother would always say, we found you under the gooseberry brush. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you had a gooseberry bush, but no toilet. <laughs> We had a toilet then. This is we got the gooseberry bush with a new house. I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, Mama. You're welcome. It was fun. If you want to support this podcast, go to Patreon.com/slash/JustLove by Melissa. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. As always, I'm sending you so much love, light, and motivation to tackle those goals. See you next time. Peace out, A-Town-Town.